0: We are starting a new series this month because it's the month of February, it's the month of love, it's the month of Valentine's Day, so we're going to do a series on purity. In this purity, this series, it is called Clean, and so this, this week we're going to talk about having mental purity, how, how, what, what do we focus our thoughts on, what do we focus our mind on. So how many of you guys have ever had a runaway thought? It's a thought that comes into your mind and then... Um, What you think about it starts to affect what you're about to do in a negative way. No, I'm not the only one, right? All right. So I have a couple of instances that come to mind whenever I have a negative thought. Um, One, like if I'm sleeping and I have like a bad dream and that bad dream, like it's really affecting me when I'm asleep. If I wake up and I remember I had a bad dream, it kind of puts me off in a, in a bad mood um, for the rest of the day, or at least the rest of the morning, and I don't know why. It's, I had that bad thought, and it affects the way I go on for the next few hours at least. Another thing is, um, Zach can attest to this. He knows how patient I am um, whenever I'm driving, whenever I'm at Walmart. Um, if somebody is slow in front of me, I start to think negative thoughts that are not holy. And I'm like, why are you so slow in front of me right now? And this affects what I do because it starts in your mind and affects what I do. And so as soon as this person gets out of my way, I immediately swerve and go around them. I did this on the way to work this morning. Someone was going so slow in front of me. They were turning so slow. I'm pretty sure they stopped. For a minute before they finished turning, and so as soon as I, w- I was on their butt, it was not good. And as soon as they turned, like I almost went around them into the intersection and sped off, and I felt like a jerk, but it felt good in the moment, right? Another instance last week at Walmart, we were checking out. It was a really, a really nice old couple. They they seemed like genuine people, but they were so slow. And so they checked out. I bought like fifteen items. You would expect they'd be in their car by now. No, we check out, I get in my car, and they were right there, barely walking. And we had a there's no way to pass them leaving Walmart and there's no way to pass them. And so we just sat there, we we're like, all right, we'll take a step, we'll stop for a second, All right, we'll take another step, we'll stop for a second. And as soon as they got out of the way, the lady, she kind of waited there for the car. We just kind of sped on around them and it kept going and got to the car. But all that to say is that one negative thought can completely change how we talk and how we act. Those are some silly instances, but one negative thought affects what we think about and what we do. The mind is one of the most critical battlegrounds for our physical and our spiritual life. How we think is how we behave. I'll say that again. How we think is how we behave. And the enemy, he knows this about us. So it's important, as we go into the series, it's important to make sure that our minds are pure and protected. It's important to make sure our minds are focused on the right things. Because if our minds are not focused on the right things, it will lead to a life of sin and turmoil. If if our minds are not focused on the right things, our life will lead to destruction in ways that I don't even want to imagine right now. So think to yourself. You don't have to talk to your neighbor. You don't have to tell them what it is. Think to yourself. Think about the thoughts that you've had. Is your mind pure or is it problematic? Does your mind lead you towards righteousness? Does your mind lead to these thoughts? Does it automatically lead you closer to God? Or do your thoughts, do they lead you into sin and trouble? Remember, what you focus on mentally will dictate how you respond spiritually and physically. What you're thinking about will always dictate what you are going to do spiritually, what you're going to do with your relation with God, and then it's going to affect how we interact physically, whether that's rashing out in a, in a negative way, whether that's doing something that's impure. What we focus on will dictate how we respond spiritually and physically. Now, don't be too hard on yourself. Because if, if you feel like you're losing the battle of your mind, if you feel like you're, you're focusing on more problematic things, you're not the only one in this room. I bet almost all of us, our thoughts automatically lead us to problematic situations. They automatically leave us, lead us to sin and turmoil. But there is hope in Scripture tonight for us to adopt a pure mind. There's hope for us to not lose that battle anymore. And so, how do we do that? We do that by fixing our thoughts about this. We have to fix our thoughts. We have to narrow in our thoughts, and the Bible tells us what to narrow them in on. And so, right after Paul talks about dealing with stress and anxiety and in Philippians chapter four, um, if you if you are in dealing with any kind of anxiety, any kind of stress in your life, Philippians chapter four is one of the best um, chapters just to reread over and over again because Paul he lays it out. Um, he lays it out what we are supposed to do with that. So I'm just going to read what Paul is talking about there. Philippians 4, chapter, or verses 4-7. through 7, Paul says, don't worry about anything. Okay, Paul, it's not that easy, right? Like, just don't worry about it. Like, if you're worried about something, Paul says, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay, Paul, stop talking. We know you're the most holy person in the world. But Paul, he says, don't worry about it. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about it. You can't do anything about what is going on in your life. You can't do anything about what you're worrying about. So stop worrying about it and put it at the feet of the person who can do something about it. Stop trying to f- figure out how you're going to change an impossible situation and instead bring it to somebody who can change impossible situations. That's what Paul's saying. He says, pray about it. Tell God what you need. And then thank Him for what He has done. Paul says, tell God exactly what's on your heart. Tell God exactly what's going on in your life. And then thank Him for what He has already done. And Paul says that because whenever we thank God for everything He's already done in our life, it reminds us that God was faithful. It reminds us, yeah, God did bring me through that, that hard time. Yeah, God did come through that one time when I prayed. And so he says, rely on God and then bring it to Him. And thank Him for everything He's done because it reminds you. And then Paul says, this is the answer to that. He says, then... You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So then, Paul goes into the verse of what we're supposed to narrow our thoughts in. What we're supposed to fix our thoughts on. Philippians 4, verse 8, he says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So when we read that like what does that mean to us today? Does that mean we're just supposed to think about princesses all day or we're just supposed to think about um, those kind of things? No, that's not what Paul's saying. He says we need to think about uh, things that are holy things that are of God. He says, oh we need to be intentional about our thoughts because he says this is what you're supposed to think about. so that automatically means that we're not supposed to think about other things. He says, if you find yourself thinking about negative things or sinful, impure things, he says, instead, focus your thoughts on these things. And all these things, these are attributes of God. These these are things that God is known for. He's known for being good and holy. And Paul says, if you find yourself in a sinful situation, if you find yourself full of, of fear and anxiety and worry, bring it to God, and then think about these things. Think about what God is doing in and through you. We have to be intentional about our thoughts. If we're going to win the war, we cannot sit back and watch it happen. I said the mind is the most critical battleground. Because what you think about, it dictates what you do and how you respond spiritually. And so Satan, he knows that how we think is how we behave. Satan knows that what we focus on mentally will dictate what we do spiritually and physically. And that's why the mind is Satan's favorite place to attack. That's why whenever you feel spiritual attacks, whenever Satan tries to get you to turn away from God, it all starts in your mind. It starts with that worry, that anxiety, am I good enough? Am I going to be accepted? Uh, and then it goes into doubt. Is God really real? Does God really care? Satan, he knows that what you think about it's going to affect what you do. If he can get you to doubt God he's going to keep you from pursuing a deeper relationship with God. If he can get you to worry and to feel that anxiety, he's going to keep you from relying on God with those things and experiencing that deep and rich relationship that God wants you to have. He knows that if he can get you to think negatively, you're not going to have a strong relationship with God the way that God wants you to have. That's why Paul says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, we are human we don't wage war as humans do. Paul's saying, if someone's, if someone's irritating you, we don't wage war just like humans do. We don't go to battle. Instead, we use God's mighty power. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. The human reasoning is those false arguments that Satan coming in to bring in doubt. That's Satan coming in to bring in different, different beliefs, different things that are against what the gospel preaches. He says, we don't, we don't fight against that. We won't fight people who are trying to disprove those things. Instead, we use God's power. Then he says in verse 5, he says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And he says, we capture, capture the rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. It's that part right there I want to focus on. He says, we capture rebellious thoughts. We capture impure thoughts. We keep them from going out. Paul is saying that if we want to have a pure mind, we have to do something about it, and so we have to stop those, those thoughts. The Bible shows us that everyone struggles with rebellious thoughts. Rebellious thoughts, that's, that's, the, that's thoughts of doubt. That's thoughts of anxiety. That's thoughts of, of negativity. Whenever you want to lash out and do something negative, like I do whenever someone's in slow in front of me, It even talks about impure thoughts. Whenever um, something looks enticing and you want to act on that, those are the thoughts that are rebellious. And the Bible says that everybody deals with those. You're not alone. It says while we may be human, we don't fight like humans do. Before we ever fight a physical battle, before we ever fight a physical battle and bring it between another person, we have to first fight a mental one. And in order to fight the mental battle, we have to use God's mighty weapons. God empowers us in his spirit to conquer our minds and to purify them by taking every thought captive. By taking every thought captive. Now, now if you're like me, in this, in this part of the message, you're like, Pastor Matt, how do we do that? That sounds great, but how do we take captive our thoughts? If you're anything like me, whenever I was in high school, I heard this verse, and I, it sounded impossible to do. Yeah, just take captive the thoughts and, and bring them to God, but what does that mean? Because whenever I was in high school, whenever a negative thought would come to my head, it seems like it would run out of control. It would run faster than I could ever catch it. It would, lead, it would spiral um, down to the point where I could never get it back. It seemed like it would always lead to a sinful situation, and I could never do something about it. But how do we do that? How do we capture those thoughts? The Bible says, simply put, every time you experience a thought that's not pure, that's not Christ-like, whether it's an impure thought, whether it's, it's doubt, whether it's uh, anxiety, whether it's uh, any, any one of those, the Bible says, how we capture that, we have to stop immediately. As soon as that thought comes, and say to yourself, I will not let this thought exist in my mind. Because we have to do something about it. If we just let those thoughts roll around in our head, if we just let those things keep going, it's going to spiral. It's going to be like a snowball falling down a hill. It's just going to keep growing in momentum, and there's nothing that we can do about it. It's going to get bigger and heavier than we can ever do. But as soon as that thought starts in our head, that's when we have to stop, and that's when we have to say, I'm not going to let this thought go into my head because we know what it's going to lead into. We know the purpose of why that negative thought is in our head, and we know what it's going to lead to. And so we have to stop right there in the beginning and say, I'm not going to let this exist. Instead, you have to literally take it captive and you have to surrender it to God. And this takes a lot of work because it's easy just to let those negative thoughts keep going. It's easy just to let it go and to see what the con- consequences go. Because sometimes we, re- we think that the consequences aren't as bad as what they seem. But I promise, the consequences, they get bigger, they get deeper, and they get worse. So we have to take it. And we have to surrender to God and say, God, this is what I'm struggling with. God, this is what's going on in my mind. God, what do I do about this? We take it and we surrender to God and then we fix our thoughts on God, on who God is and what God is doing in our life. When you fight the battle of the mind, the scripture says that we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps us from knowing God. This goes back to last week, that growing in God and experiencing God personally Whenever you take captive those thoughts, whenever you start to focus on God, whenever you say, I'm going to capture this thought and I'm going to surrender to God and focus on him, that's whenever you start to experience the intimacy that God wants you to have. That's when you start to experience God personally in your life. When you say, God, this is what I'm struggling with now. Help me out. What do I do about this? God will come and he'll speak to your heart and to your soul in a deep and a rich way, the way that he ultimately wants to speak to you. At this point, you might think it sounds pretty easy, but whenever you try to do this by yourself, if you try to take captive of your thoughts, if you try to try to wrestle with doubt, you try to wrestle with temptation, if you try to do any of that by yourself without God's help, you will fail 100% of the time. Some of the times you'll think you do, you'll be doing pretty good, but in reality you're failing. And if you're doing it by yourself, you are failing because that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to rely on him. In order to win the battle of the mind, you have to rely on God and his power. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I say this about almost every single one of these verses I read, but this is really my favorite verse in the entire Bible. I know I say that about everyone, but this one is really my favorite verse because I wrote a 50-page paper on this in college because I love this verse so much and what it means to us. Romans chapter 2, talking about winning the battle of your mind. Romans chapter 2, it says, do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let me tell you, it is impossible to win the battle of the mind. Without God's transforming power, it is impossible to try to wrestle with those doubts, to try to wrestle with those temptations, to wrestle with those anxieties without God's transforming power coming and changing your life. There's nothing that you can do to transform your life to become more like God. There's nothing that you can ever do to earn salvation. I say this all the time. It's always God coming in and doing the work. It's always God doing the transformation, but we have a part to play in that. It's God's power that comes and transforms our mind. But we have to do it by changing the way we think. Until we stop trying to fit into the world, until we stop trying to copy the pattern of this world in the way that we live and think, we will always have a corrupt mind. Paul, he starts off, he says, don't let... The world squeezes you into its mold. So that's another translation that says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. You think of like a cookie cutter. The world, it, everyone is cut the same way. They don't all look the same, but they all like the same things. They all listen to the same things. They all have the same values in mind. The Bible says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold because you know where that's going. It says, instead, let God conform you. Let God change and transform your mind. Until we stop trying to fit into the world, and thinking the way it thinks, we will always have a corrupt mind. We will always be wrestling with those doubts. We will always be wrestling with those anxieties. And the corrupt mind, it will always it will cause us to fall away from our relationship with God and it will cause us to have more anxiety and worries in this life. It's a never-ending spiral. But whenever we surrender to God, Whenever we truly surrender to God, he is the one who transforms it every day into a pure instrument that pleases him. Only after we do this can we understand and know the will that God has for us. Paul, he says, don't let the world conform you. Don't let it squeeze you into its mold. Instead, of let God transform you by his power. And then we will understand God's will for our life. God has a will For every single one of our lives, whenever we were born, whenever we were conceived, God had a plan in store for our lives. And the Bible says that these plans are good. The Bible says that these plans are for our prospering. They are good for hope. They are good for our future. And they are good for us. And the Bible says that whenever we discover God's will, we begin to follow God's will, that is whenever life is at its best. That's whenever we are in the will of God. But unless we are transformed, we will never know what God's will is, what God's plans are, what he has placed for us to do on this world. If you're struggling with thinking pure thoughts or taking your your thoughts captive or even copying the behavior of this world, ask yourself, am I giving enough space every day for God to transform my mind? my life? Am I giving God enough space every day for Him to transform my life? The band will go ahead and come up again. Ask yourself, am I following the ways of the world? Am I just letting the world squeeze me into its mold? Or am I allowing God to transform my life? Am I allowing the world to squeeze me into its mold? Or am I allowing God enough room in my life to to transform it? Because if we don't allow room in our life, for God to do those things, we will never be transformed. Whenever we focus on entertainment, and let me tell you, entertainment's not a bad thing. TV, sports, social media, none of those things are bad things. But whenever we focus our time on the things of this world, we learn to copy the behavior of this world. Think about it like machine learning. Machine learning, um, artificial intelligence, it learns, it's, it's, it's learning by seeing things over and over and over again. Basically, uh, the computer, if it sees an image of a dog and you tell it that's an image of a dog enough times, it will be able to to tell if you show it an image of a dog to know that that's a dog all by itself. It's the same way with our minds. If we keep seeing the things of this world, if we keep exposing ourselves to the things of this world over and over again, we will begin to adopt those patterns. Whether we realize that or not, we'll be squeezed into the mold of this world. And a friend of this world is an enemy of God, the Bible says. Whenever we're squeezed into that mold, we are an enemy of God. But whenever we spend time in God's word, whenever we spend time in worship, and prayer, and we are seeking after God, we open our mind to be used by God. That's the only way that we can be transformed. So my challenge tonight is to carve out time each week, each day, to get alone with God to get away from the things of the world. I'm not telling you the things of this world are, are, are sinful. It's not bad to get on Instagram. It's not bad to watch TV. But my challenge is to carve out time, five, 10 minutes every single day, to get away from those things and allow God to transform your life because he will transform your life whenever you read this word. Whenever you get into the Bible, I promise you, it's not just a boring book. This thing is life-giving. The Bible says that the the, the Bible, it's, it's it's active and alive. Every time you read a verse, it will speak to you in a different way. Whenever I begin to read this thing in eighth grade, I begin to, my life begin to change whenever I begin to read and apply this to my life. So my challenge is to get into this. Get to know God's heart and passion for you. Get to know what God wants for your life. Get, get away from the world for five or ten minutes and get alone with God because that is the only way that he is going to transform you. It's God who does the transforming power, but unless we give him the opportunity, we're, he's, we're not going to be transformed. He's not going to be able to do it. Get alone and pray. Get alone and worship. Get away from the world for a few minutes a day and stop being put into that. So tonight, if you struggle with impure thoughts, if you struggle with negative thoughts, if you struggle with doubt, self-doubt, uh, anxiety, uh, acceptance, wanting to fit in, if you struggle with any of those things, if you feel the weights of your mind trying to pull you away from God, then right now, I want you to take a stand and surrender to God and let God begin that transformation process. This, the worship team, they're going to, to lead us into another great song. They're gonna lead us into the presence of God, but I want you to right now, if you want that, to get, a, to get alone with God, so in account of that, I want you to stand up and I want you to give it to God right up here at the altar. So three, if that's you, two, I want you to stand up. One, I want you to come up here. I think, that's, I think that affects everybody. I'm the first one up here. Go ahead and take a stand and come up here to the front. If you think that, that is you, you struggle with those impure thoughts, those negative thoughts, thoughts of doubts, thoughts of anxiety, I'll be the first one up here. I I struggle with those too. I just told you an instance on my way to work. The only way that we're going to get over those, the only way that we're going to get transformed is by spending time with God, by telling Him what those things are, by telling Him this is what you're struggling with and allowing God to transform you. I want everyone else to go ahead and stand up. You don't have to come up here if you don't want to, but I want everyone else to go ahead and stand up. They're going to lead us in another song, and I want you to, during the song, Just speak it out. You don't have to yell. You don't have to speak, speak it out loud. But softly to yourself, softly to God, say, God, this is what I'm struggling with. And allow God to change your life. Give him those few minutes a day to transform you.